welcome back to the Life from the Wrist podcast. I hope you all are doing well. Hope you've had a good week so far, or whenever you're listening to this, hope your week started well. Um, on the Life from the Wrist podcast today, what we're going to be talking about is different ways that you can collect watches. I think this is probably when you kind of are over that kind of stage where you're kind of experimenting, seeing what you like within watches, and then you're really trying to say, okay, how do I want to form a collection of watches that I think is going to suit my needs or my tastes or my preferences? And so I'm going to go over a couple of different ways that you can, or different uh, buckets that a lot of collectors use to kind of form their collections. If you are new to the Life and the Rest podcast, uh, we create uh, podcasts about watches, literally any topic you can think of, from vintage to modern, uh, complications to watch news. It's really a, a real variety. So if you are interested in those types of podcasts, be sure to follow us. Um, would love to have you uh, part of the, the Life from Nurse family. So like I said in the beginning of the podcast, this is really for kind of once you get over that stage of experimenting with watches, um, maybe buying a couple pieces, figuring out if there are specific um, specific sizes or types of watches that really fit who you are as a person, your, your own styles, your own uh, wrist. And this is for the collectors who really are sitting down and saying, okay, what, what do I want to, how do I want to create a collection that really um, resonates with me and and has some sort of theme to it. Now I know that there are collectors out there that probably don't fo- cor- uh, kind of conform to a theme with their collections. A lot of the times, once you become very, very experienced, you start buying things that you um, that speak to you, that you really like, that come across, that you come across in your kind of watch journey. And so the theme might get a little bit um, might get a little bit blurred. But I think within a greater collection of someone who is. A, uh, a seasoned collector, you'll probably will find a couple of these uh, themes within it. A really great example is uh, Jean-Claude Piver. If you've watched his Talking Watches on Hodinkee, you probably saw that he uh, had a really nice collection of uh, perpetual catalog chronographs that he collected from Patek Philippe, but he also had other th- watches in his collections, everything from, from pocket watches to uh, Hublot Concept, or excuse me, Arma P- uh, yeah, excuse me, uh, 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 concept watches he, he really had uh, had it all so there are these themes kind of within those collections so diving into some of the common ways that collectors build their collections is the first one is obviously going to be around a specific brand i think brand uh, a lot of the times when you get into watches you really fall in love with specific brands and then you really want to curated collection of watches that are produced by this by that brand a lot of the times you've really fallen in love with their design cues and those design cues are throughout all of their pieces and so it's very easy to say okay i want to get each of these watches that are made by this brand uh, a really great example uh rolex collectors rolex collectors love um collecting rolex they love the design elements of these watches and they really sometimes stick to it so you'll see Oftentimes, you'll see someone with a Date Justice Submariner and a Daytona, for example, as a collection, and I think that's a fairly good um, variety there. Um, one other thing to note is that there probably are um, some of these uh, themes that I'm talking about right now. They probably cross over when it comes to different um, 
within within a collection. So maybe they collect on brand and then another another uh, theme. So that's really a brand. And I think you know there's some really great videos out there of people who do collect specific washes from one specific brand. You know there's really great um, there's a really great video from Crown and Caliber actually of a of an incredible Omega collector. He has an absolutely enormous Omega collection, and the reason why he collects Omega watches is one the variety, and I think two. Um, there's just a lot of information about vintage Omega out there, and so um, that's really cool too. Um, the next thing, the next kind of like theme that a lot of people use to curate their collections of watches is by doing it by the same complication. So I did speak about Jean-Claude Biver, who, who collects um, Patek Philippe Perpetual Calendar Chronographs, but there are other people that will create uh, collect watches on similar complications um, to that. A really great example of that is actually a collector that I, I that comes to mind that I've really helped them create their own collection is um, this collector really loves uh, sports sports watches, namely divers, and so he's really created a collection that is surrounded, surrounding that, not complication, but maybe just um, style of watch. Um, the, the, co the complication's obviously going to be around the um, idea of the fact that you can kind of dive with this watch, but, um, and so he's kind of, you know, he started off his collection with a Tudor Black Bay, which I think is a really great start for a collection, and then he's kind of moved into Rolex Explorers, and he's now looking at um, kind of moving into perhaps getting a Holy Trinity piece. So it's it's a complication collection can also go surround that. An example for me uh, personally, you know, I speak about this watch a lot, but I have a Memocell Yacht Timer that I really fell in love with. It was my first vintage watch purchase, and it was a, a watch that that I really fell in love with. And I've always thought about myself, like, hey, maybe I should just, I should create a, a little sub-collection within my personal collection of watches where I just, um, where I just have a bunch of different uh, memo sales from different eras and different dial variations, um, and I think, and maybe case designs, and I think that would probably create a very interesting collection, and one that I would definitely enjoy because the yacht timer complication is something I really, really do love. Moving forward, I, I mentioned this, but collecting watches kind of by style. I mentioned dive watches, um, but another um, good example, and I think style and complication kind of cross over with one another, but um, another example would be collecting chronograph watches. Um, I think this is a really great market, and obviously a lot of people love it. The chronograph complication, if you don't know, is basically a stopwatch that can be, that is embedded inside of a watch complication, and then typically there are two pushers, one to start and stop the, the timer, and a second to reset the chronograph. There are mono-pusher chronographs, so you can do all of that with one pusher, but those are a little bit more complicated. And from from a watchmaking perspective, I know that watchmakers believe that the, the chronograph is one of the most challenging complications to actually um, work on and, and make. Um, moving uh, kind of forward, I've kind of spoken about style and complication a little bit here, but moving forward, we can talk about collecting um, the uh, collectors who focus on collecting a, the same reference or a series of a reference. Um, this is a little bit more technical and you really have to know about the watches that you are buying. Um, but there are collectors who will collect um, the same watch 
that was produced by most obviously the same brand, but they will look for specific references because that reference really speaks to them. A really great example of this is, um, you know, there are collectors who will look at Patek Philippe watches, and a lot of the times Patek Philippe has um, iterated on a specific reference throughout the lifespan of that watch. So you'll have like the comp the the reference number, and then at the end you'll see like a dash one or a dash two or three, four, five. And there are subtle differences between each of those different um, reference, those different reference uh, variations. And a lot of the times collectors really love kind of saying, okay, I've got the full Monty when it comes to the, um, when it comes to each one of the references that um, this manufacturer decided to produce with this watch. I think it also sh can show you the lifespan of each of the, uh, of each of the of that reference to see what they thought would need to be changed. A lot of the times it has to do with the movement, but there are little maybe design cues that, that they would change too. References can also go into things like when you're looking at, um, you know, collecting Rolex of Mariners is a really great example. And a lot of the times, you know, people want to collect that same watch, but get each one of the, the, the reference numbers within the Submariner line, especially in vintage Submariner collecting. And so that's another way that people do it. I think the Omega Speedmaster is another example of where people look to collect different references of the Omega Speedmaster. And so that's, that's, a, that's another example. One of my favorite ways to collect is this next topic that I wanted to discuss, and that is collecting by era or when the watches were produced. So I personally find myself to be a vintage watch person. I find them very interesting. I like the stories behind them. I think um, they fit my overall style and my, um, my interest. But there are people who, and, and I think there's a lot of people who really focus on vintage watches. But there are people that really love modern watches, and I think that's totally fine too. So a lot of people will maybe form a collection of modern watches that they really love. Um, I think John Mayer's second talking watch is a really, is a really great example of to see um, how he kind of has his modern watches and then his, uh, his vintage watches as well. Um, he does collect both, and you can see that there are specific eras that he really likes. Um, you know, he showed those that, that Blue Dial and Green Dial uh, Daytona. Um, he showed some really interesting AP concepts, which are from the modern era. And so there is a way that you can kind of form your collection around specific eras that you like. Um, today, Hodinkee released, when I'm recording this podcast, Hodinkee released a, a editor's pick blog post where they discuss um, their editor's favorite watches from the 1980s. And I think there are specific eras that people um, are drawn to. A really great example of that is 1960s chronographs are extremely popular within the watch market, uh, within vintage watch collecting. And so there are people who will try and source and, and create a collection around vintage chronographs from that era. A lot of the times they're, you know, 36, maybe 34 millimeters. They've got really nice cream dials because of how long they've been able to age. And so you can create a really beautiful collection um, from, from the 1960s. But again, that's kind of putting together two types of collecting. You're looking at 1960s, which is the era, and the complication, which is the chronograph. Um, I've seen some really great modern day collections that are, that are really tastefully done. 
um, that are, you know, a, a good friend of mine is a little bit more into the, the, the modern side of things. And so he's got a really beautiful IWC Portofino. He has a Cartier tank, a Cartier tank MC, which is really beautiful. It's like a little bit of a larger tank, um, but, but fits really nicely on, on one's wrist. I think he's got a Rolex and he's, um, looking to get a, uh, Yiglocotre uh, Master Moon Ultra Thin, so that's a really beautiful modern, modern um, collection that really kind of brings on the style of very like classical watchmaking, which I thought was kind of interesting. Moving on to the next way that, that one can collect, um, and this is probably how more people look at it, or this is probably the 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 second stage after you've kind of experimented and experienced a bunch of watches and done enough research and, and really you feel like you are a knowledgeable collector, a lot of the times people move into collecting a watch, making a collection where they have a watch for every occasion that they may have throughout their life. So, you know, you'll hear words like a beater, uh, a dress watch, a everyday watch. Um, those are some of the terms that people use and I can kind of explain them, but it's basically a way to say, I do a lot of things. I have a very diverse uh, life. Here's a watch that I can wear for each one of these occasions. And so, you know, a lot of the times they'll start off with a beater watch, which by definition is really a watch that they can wear and they're not really worried if it gets, um, you know, if it, if it, it, it gets a ding or, you know, you hit it on something, it's, it's something that they can really just do whatever they want in it and it's not going to, not going to, you know, it's, it's not going to be damaged and they're not going to be upset about it. Um, well, it may be damaged, but they're not going to be upset about it. Um, these oftentimes, you know, I think um, G-Shocks are very popular everyday watches. Uh, Seikos are very popular everyday watches. And then it, obviously it varies by kind of your, the watches that you're able to buy. You know, I guess that is correlated with the amount of money that you want to put into watches. Um, so... You know, I know people who have Rolexes as, as kind of beater watches, and, and that's that's totally up to them. Um, but yeah, that's that's another way to to look at it. Then there's kind of everyday watches. These are watches that people are going to you know buy them. <laughs> the the name really explains it. They they are okay wearing it every single day. Um, a good example of this: uh, a modern day Rolex Submariner, uh, a modern day Omega Seamaster. Um, you can also look at things like Orient has some really nice everyday everyday pieces that you could wear, and these are watches that are very legible, very, in my opinion, they're simple. Um, they're kind of no frills. It tells you the time, or it gives you the day of the week, or whatever complications you think are useful for your for your for your everyday. I personally, right now, I'm wearing a Longines Automatic 5-Star Admiral that has the day of the week and the day of the month. I think this is a really great example of an everyday watch um, because a lot of times you forget what day of the week it is, but it's really simple. Um, 34 millimeters, I, again, this is a vintage piece because I'm really into that. And it's easy easy to read, gives you some useful um, things like the day of the week and the, the, the date of the month. Um, and, and, you know, it's it's comfortable. It's not uh, really really out there. It's it's very very simple. Um, another example of something that what someone would collect for every day, every kind of every occasion, collecting and is the dress watch. Um, this is where you get into something that looks a little bit more classic. Um, 
I mentioned that obviously Portofino is a great example of that, but you could also look at things like looking at uh, Le Coultre dress watches um, or um, what's another really nice kind of dress watch. Uh, Cartier Tank is really nice. You could look at the JLC Reverso, a Longines uh, Heritage uh, Tuxedo, which I think is one of the best watches to come out of Longines for, for quite some time now. Um, so those are some examples of kind of dress your watches. And that's when, you know, let's say you want to go out, out uh, for a meal with your significant other and, that, and you want to wear a, a nice watch that kind of, you know, is part of the evening. And I think that's a really great way of, of looking at it too. I've given a couple of examples of ways that you can form collections, but at the end of the day, I think what ends up happening is you may start with one of these themes, but then you kind of, your collection starts to build a little bit more. So a good example of that is like, let's say I created a collection where I have a watch that I can wear for every occasion that I uh, have throughout, throughout, the, throughout my life. Um, so I have all of those, but then I realized that, hey, I actually really like uh, the vintage side of things. And then you kind of build out a vintage watch collection that may go along with every occasion. So uh, an example, maybe I have a beater, uh, you know, I have an Omega Seamaster, which is my modern modern day beater, but I realize I like vintage watches. So I'm actually going to buy a, uh, beaters are in vintage watches is kind of tough to do, but um, let me think. Um, Maybe one of the, it's not, maybe it's not vintage, but maybe like the 90s um, Explorer 2s. I don't think it's considered vintage, but it's kind of moving, to, you know, a little bit away from the, the modern era of watches. You know, maybe I buy something like that. Um, maybe I buy a, a Lang and Zuna Saxonia as my dress watch because I, you know, have created, I have dressier occasions that I need a dress watch for. But then I realize, hey, I really like vintage watches. Let me go and get a, um, I don't know, a, uh, a 60s chronograph, actually, uh, as, as, my, as my dress watch. Um, a nice 34 millimeters Universal Genève or something like that, or a Le Coultre triple calendar moon phase um, from the, from the uh, 40s. Like, that would be really, really cool. Um, so you start adding different kind of pockets to your collection. And I think, again, I, I say this a lot, but taking your collection slowly and not jumping too quickly into buying watch, buying a ton of watches, I think is the right approach here. Because you, you understand your tastes a little bit better, you understand where you can go when it comes to collecting, and it allows you to realize, okay, I'm this type of collector, I don't like these types of watches. And then you're able to, uh, you're able to really create, create something that you love, because I think your collection really comes down to it. It's the things that you really love to collect, um, love to see on your wrist, love to experience, and that's really, really what matters. Um, I hope you enjoyed listening to this podcast where we discuss different ways that you can collect watches. Again, these are just a couple of themes that you can use to create a collection when you're kind of starting out and, and, and forming a collection of watches that you really like. There are so many other ways to collect, and if you just go on, let's say you go on Instagram or go on YouTube, you'll see the, that collectors have different ways of collecting watches and it's it's truly a a really great a, it's a really great place to be to be honest because you get to experience so many different types of watches i think what's most important is that you do your research and i'm going to say that uh, again make sure you do your research because you're you're if you do your research you'll know what's out there and you'll be able to experience watches that that you think you'll like and then hopefully you will or you'll you'll find a pocket of watches out there that that 
will really say something to you. Um, so uh, make sure you're ready to put your research hat on. If you are new to the Life on Earth podcast, um, we create podcasts about watches. So if you like watches, be sure to follow this podcast and share this with your uh, watch enthusiast friends. We'd really love to grow this podcast. If you don't know about Life on the Wrist, we are a website. Uh, we have our, our own website where we kind of uh, document our journey through the wa- throughout the watch world and, and try to bring you interesting content when it comes to watch news and watch coverage. So be sure to head over to our website. There is a link in the show notes, but the website is lifeontherist.com. You can also head over to our social medias where we post on, uh, basically every single day. So if you want more watch con- content from us, be sure to head over to our Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. We are everywhere. Um, we upload videos on YouTube as well, which is kind of our main main uh, platform right now. We obviously have a corresponding blog post for those videos, so you'll see them on our website. But if you want to head over to our YouTube channel, you can also do that. Um, and with that said, guys, thank you so much for wa- uh, listening to this podcast. I think I'm creating a video. You didn't watch this podcast. This is an audio experience. So thank you so much for listening to this podcast and until next time.